You've discovered TalkZone.com. I thank you. America has spoken from the bottom of my heart. The best in Internet talk radio. It's time for Healthy Talk Radio. By the powers vested in me, by the Federal Communications Commission. Coming to you live from the headquarters of the Global Health Network and across the world wide web. <gasps> Computers can do that? It's America's longest running radio program dedicated to your health and wellness. What's taking place here is an alternative approach. Now, the woman who's changing the face of healthcare each and every day. That's the fact, Jack! Here's Deborah Ray. Good day. Welcome to Healthy Talk Radio. I'm Deborah Ray. Well, the American Dental Association has some news out. Uh, UCLA, um, University of Southern California, New York University, looking into whether students improperly received questions to a test that licensed them to practice dentistry. And UCLA allegedly gave preferential treatment to relatives of large financial donors to the school's dental residency program. It's a regular weekly focus on science-based nutrient supplementation. We're in the midst of a series addressing digestive support. Dr. Luke Bucci, who is a well-known nutritional research scientist, educator, clinician, and author, joining us today, will talk more about colon health and cleansing. What are your questions about detoxification and colon cleansing? We invite you to join us at 1-800-307-3002 right here on Healthy Talk Radio. Now the news and views about the news you won't hear anywhere else. The Healthy Talk Radio News Digest. It's published in the Journal of Agriculture and Food Chemistry, the journal from the American Chemistry Society. Apparently, Wrigley, uh, who makes chewing gum, has employed some scientists to see if they could kill the bacteria that cause bad breath. We know that our mouth has some 700 different species of bacteria. We have to have a balance of good to bad bacteria. We can't just use, you know, antibacterial uh, mouthwashes and toothpaste and proclaim, oh my goodness, I've killed all the bad bacteria because unless we have a proper balance of good to bad bacteria, we tend to have problems. Now they have found um, a Chinese herb that is used traditionally to treat fever, headache, and stress that has proved effective in all of their clinical tests. In fact, they found it killed 99%, 99.9% of bad breath bacteria. What is the traditional Chinese herb? Magnolia bark. In fact, Wrigley says uh, they are going to start adding a little pinch of magnolia bark to their mints and to their gums because the mints killed off 71% of the germs that cause a bad birth bad breath within 30 minutes. Uh, the gum didn't work quite as well. Uh, but why they're saying, oh, too soon, that's a code word for that we haven't isolated the active ingredient, synthesized and patented. Know that traditional Chinese medicine appears to use an herb, magnolia bark, that uh, is of great benefit, 99.9% of the time, killing the three types of oral bacteria that cause bad breath. Speaking of natural products, the Worcester, I always uh, unwrap my tongue on that one, Worcester, 
uh, Polytech Institute in Worcester, Mass., has found compounds in cranberries that can alter the bacteria that is responsible for human illnesses from foodborne illness to kidney infections to gastroenterologists, gastroenteritis to tooth decay. What they have found that cranberries do is pretty amazing, that there are chemical changes caused by cranberry juice that actually create an energy barrier that keeps bacteria from getting close to the urinary tract lining, or for that matter, to our mouth lining, because it's, uh, cranberries are effective against um, uh, mouth infections as well. Direct measurements show that the adhesive forces between E. coli and the cells of the urinary tract are greatly reduced when uh, a 5% solution of cranberry juice cocktail is present. That cranberry juice can cause little tiny tendrils on the surface of E. coli bacteria to become compressed, which in essence reduces the bacteria's ability to latch onto the lining of the urinary tract. That E. coli grown in cranberry juice is unable to form a biofilm, and we know that biofilms are necessary for infections to take hold in our body. <laughs> so, they also known, uh, found at uh, Worcester Polytech Institute that cranberry juice inhibits E. coli from producing a molecule that leads to an interesting phenomenon called quorum sensing, where bacteria sense other populations of bacteria and actually develop into infections. So, it's now known to be antiviral. Uh, a natural antibiotic. We'll see a lot more preparations, even um, um, anti-dental caries, uh, dental cavities, and uh, infections in our mouth containing a little more cranberry these days. Well, it's research from the University of British Columbia, Vancouver, indicating that if you're thinking an aspirin a day is going to help keep your heart doctor away, think again if you're a woman. We know, thanks to studies published in the British Medical Journal, that an aspirin a day can help prevent heart attacks in susceptible men by up to 27%. Aspirins have their downsides. In fact, there's good evidence to suggest that you can diminish the downsides of taking an aspirin a day by switching to a low-dose or baby aspirin. Now they find that women with a low or average risk of having a heart attack quote, should probably not take aspirin as a preventive therapy, unquote, because they looked at 23 clinical trials with uh, several thousand participants and found for women, aspirin provides less heart protection. So what do you do to diminish your risk? Your lifestyle makes a difference. You have to be active on a daily basis. You have to move to a more plant-based diet. If you eat grains, eat only whole grains. Get the bad fats out of your diet. For your heart, get good fats each and every day. Key uh, nutrients make a difference for the health of your heart. Coenzyme Q10, uh, EPA and DHA from fish oil, magnesium, L-carnitine, uh, coenzyme Q10, D-ribose, vitamin C, things that all of us can do. And don't forget the fact that psychological factors, yes, you can take those troubles to heart, and they spell real physical trouble for your heart as well.
Well, if you have a family history or a lifestyle suggests that you might be at risk of colon cancer, here's some good information from the University of California, Irvine. Uh, it goes below, uh, beyond resveratrol alone. There's something about the bioactive compounds in grapes and red wine that work synergistically to block a cell signaling pathway that is linked to 85% of colon cancer. They took a look at colon cancer patients, randomly assessed them to receive either a resveratrol pill, 20 milligrams a day, or a beverage of grape powder in water. What they found is that the resveratrol supplements are, are great supplements, but they really didn't affect the colon tumors. The patients who received the low-dose grape powder drink showed significant reductions in this pathway is in this cellular signaling pathway that is linked to more than 85% of colon cancer. Grape powder. Isn't that interesting? Well, we find it all too frequently. In fact, we know that antibiotics and other medicines are the worst culprit that lead to a fungal overgrowth often associated with irritable bowel syndrome, candida, and Crohn's disease. Because these conditions are so much more prevalent, why? We've prescribed a lot more antibiotics, and we find them so many places. Residues in our water supply system, uh, farm animals, which use uh, 50% of the antibiotics produced in this country. So there is a multifactorial approach when you have these fungal overgrowth to help restore that normal flora balance. Uh, diet does make a difference. Using prescription and natural anti-fungal agents can make a difference. Replacing the good bacteria uh, of the gut, detoxifying to try and get rid of the bad bacteria and bad fungus make a difference. And there's great books to help guide you. Digestive Wellness, written by Dr. Elizabeth Lipsky. Um, Optimum Digestive Health, Dr. Trent Nichols, and of course then there are the books that focus simply on candida overgrowth by noted authors like Dr. John Trowbridge, Dr. Jean Martin, um, Dr. Uh, uh, Crook, uh, William Crook, uh, great sources of information about how fungal overgrowth has led many to candida, IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, and Crohn's disease. We're going to return to hear uh, how the Food and Drug Administration is hearing the pros and cons of taking doctors out of the equation, patient to uh, pharmacist, drug sales, and we'll talk about colon health and cleansing with Dr. Luke Bucci joining us today at the bottom of the hour, 800-307-3002, right here on Healthy Talk Radio. Answers to questions you can't solve with a pill. Healthy Talk Radio with Deborah Ray. Our science-based nutrient supplementation focus each and every week during this time. Dr. Luke Bucci will join us at the bottom of the hour to talk about digestive support from the colon health and colon cleansing to toxification perspective. We invite you to join us with your questions at 1-800-307-3002. This will be interesting to watch. 
um, the National Community Pharmacists Association is supporting the idea of behind-the-counter drugs. If you go to other countries, for example, you may know of Mexico, uh, you can buy prescription drugs by walking into a pharmacist, consulting with that pharmacist, and walking out with a behind-the-counter drug. In this country, we have prescribing laws that um, uh, require a physician's prescription, and sometimes if it's a class drug, um, the physician has to have special licensure, a DEA license number, to be able to prescribe that medication. The bottom line question is, are we healthier, safer, you know, is it an effective way of dispensing uh, prescriptions? So a day-long public hearing has been held this week on whether or not to allow pharmacists to sell certain drugs without a prescription from behind the counter. You know, we have so many factors that increase the cost of uh, I guess, can we call it health care? It's really disease care in this country. Um, you know, you see it work in countries like Mexico. You know, they don't have, um, you know, worse health for having these pharmacist-to-patient drug sales. I know there's a lot of vested interests with a lot of strong opinions about this one. Well, this is a great follow-up uh, in honor of World Diabetes Day that occurred just yesterday. Two individuals who made the front page of the New York Times, and after all, they deserved it. One is 91, the other is 87. They are brothers. They are type 1 diabetic. They are, are just amazing. They are both married families. They mountain climb. They do outdoor adventures. Um, they drive 32-foot motorhome trailers across the country. They take care of their yard. Um, many people have said, I can't believe it. Most type 1 diabetics do not live past fourth, fifth decade. These individuals um, and they credit the fact that they love to exercise, that they are outdoor people, which means they get more vitamin D. That makes a difference. Exercise, that makes a difference. Maintaining an ideal weight because of this activity makes a difference. They are definitely, I mean, the 87-year-old does competitive swimming. <laughs> <laughs> the 91-year-old does mountain climbing, and they they certainly credit the support of their loved ones with really supporting that they are just religiously focused with monitoring their blood sugar, uh, making the lifestyle choices that are necessary. But just think about it. Can you imagine somebody 91 and 87 diagnosed with type 1 diabetes all those years ago that are still just, Going strong. Going strong. Good for them. We can all do that. We can all learn from that. Well, we learned in uh, today's New England Journal of uh, Medicine that a study out of University of Alabama, Birmingham, took a look at drugs we use to strengthen bones. Now, you and I know there are many factors that affect bone strength. Uh, you can look at the diet tested at Tufts University, uh, they tested five diets. People who ate the most sugar had the weakest bones. People who ate the most calcium did not have the strongest bones. People who ate the most fruits and vegetables and whole grains did have the strongest bones. Hormonal 
Uh, balance does make a difference. Activity, weight-bearing activity makes a difference. Um, certainly staying away from factors that thin bones, a very extreme protein high, uh, high protein diet. You know, lots of things like smoking and excessive alcohol use can, can thin the bones. Steroid use uh, can thin the bones. Not having optimal nutrition takes 27 different nutrients to keep our bones strong. These uh, University of Alabama Birmingham uh, researchers looked at Forteo, F-O-R-T-E-O, versus Fosamax. Fosamax has been prescribed a lot of times to support bone growth. And, of course, there's been a lot of questions about Fosamax and its um, uh, drugs of the same classification, the bisphenates, because they are linked to a lot of side effects, a lot of uh, particularly risky side effects. They find that Forteo versus Fosamax, Forteo works better than twice as well. In fact, if they took a look at increase in bone density in the lumbar spine, for Forteo, uh, they found in 28 months of use, it increased 7.2% versus only 3.4% for the patients that use the Fosamax. You must keep in mind that Forteo is a new class of drug, which means we don't know all the side effects yet. But um, there are great bo- books out there, Better Bones by Dr. Susan Brown, um, Preventing and Reversing Osteoporosis, Dr. Alan Gaby. You must be savvy to help keep your bones strong throughout your lifetime. Well, they are the foods that are rich in compounds that lead to nitric oxide production. New research coming out of the University of of, uh, Texas Health Science Center finding that simple changes in our diet can drastically improve the outcome following a heart attack. Nitrite forms nitric oxide during a heart attack that helps open closed or clogged arteries, even helps to minimize the amount of permanent damage to the heart muscle. We know that um, vitamin E can increase nitric oxide production by 50%. Pycnogenol, an herbal plant extract from the French maritime pine bark, can improve nitric oxide production by 50%. They found in laboratory animals that feeding these animals extra nitrite that formed more nitric oxide, they were able to cut the risk of cell death in hearts following a heart attack by 60%. And, of course, we've talked with uh, the likes of, of researchers at the University of Southern California, uh, University of South Florida, excuse me, that uh, spirulina, spinach, blueberries, uh, can actually cut the risk of lesions after strokes. Your food does make a difference. If you haven't read The Food Pharmacy by Gene uh, Carper recently, pick it up again, read it again. It's fascinating information. Well, you want to quit smoking? There are many medical and financial uh, reasons to do so. Now a U.S. study says if we give adult smokers who want to quit cigarettes that have steadily decreasing amounts of nicotine, they are able to smoke less over the period of a study. Nicotine is very addicting. It's very difficult to uh, to stop smoking. Some people have the willpower just to do it cold turkey. Others try and try again and try again. 
They are finding that if you continue to reduce the amount of nicotine, you could boost the quitting rate for people trying to stop smoking. Well, diabetes often goes, it kind of equals heart disease. Now the Food and Drug Administration has said they are going to keep Avandia on the market but require black box warnings that the risk for a heart attack or cardiac ischemia or heart failure is higher than other type 2 diabetes drugs. Of course, you and I know there is much that we can do beyond glucose controlling medication. The work of Dr. Jim Anderson, University of Kentucky, 30 years of research that if you change your diet to a high fiber, whole food diet, you can reduce the risk of, of uh, uh, using insulin or controlling or glucose controlling medications by up to 85%. There are other factors that can improve it even more so. We're going to return colon health and cleansing. Dr. Luke Bucci is our guide today. He's the Vice President of Nutrition for Schiff International. We invite you to join us on Healthy Talk Radio. The information on Healthy Talk Radio may be eye-opening, controversial, and disturbing to some, but it is all well-documented and presented by credentialed guests as well as our knowledgeable host. It may not represent the views of this network, this radio station, or its sponsors, but it might just be good for your health. This segment with Dr. Luke Bucci is being sponsored by Schiff, the brand consumers have trusted for 70 years and the maker of Schiff Milk-Free Probiotic Acidophilus. A regular weekly focus on science-based nutrient supplementation, a very special guide joining us today to talk about an important topic, one certainly very much going mainstream. Uh, second, one in which I find so many of us of healthcare consumers have questions and uh, don't know sources of good answers. Well, he joins us today as that source. Uh, he is a well-known uh, nutritional research scientist, clinician, educator, and author. He joins us today with his head-on as the Vice President of Research for Shift Nutrition International. He's Dr. Luke Bucci joining us. Luke, hello and welcome. Good morning, Deborah. I'm so glad we're addressing this topic because it's uh, one of those off-asked questions. I mean, like it or not, in a day's time, email from listeners, we will get somebody asking questions about detoxification, colon cleansing. It just seems to garner a lot of uh, consumer interest. What do you think, Luke? Oh, most definitely, because uh, that's where you have visible results, and it's not pretty for the most part. But uh, actually, I think we all know instinctively, and, and of course this is backed up by uh, science from long ago and up to now, that, that our digestive tract is a method of elimination of compounds and things our body doesn't want. And that's obviously what detoxification is, is getting rid of nasty compounds, compounds that are harmful, things you don't want. Uh, remember that the liver dumps bile into the uh, digestive tract and a lot of things that aren't real soluble in water it'll dissolve in the bile to send out the chute so to speak to get it out of the body so uh, a lot of things the liver handles and uh, absorbs and modifies and gets rid of uh, go through your digestive tract to get out which means they go through your colon and that's where they can cause harm to the colon cells before they physically are eliminated. So that is why I think people understand that you've got to keep your colon clean 
And I think another thing that's helped that is we have had a lot of uh, popular media attention on that in the last 10 years at least. So it is um, something that has been ignored, I think, in terms of, of medical and perhaps uh, part of nutrition. But obviously supplement companies and holistic practitioners have been on top of detoxification and keeping the colon clean for years. And I think that's one of the ways to stay healthy, but there's all sorts of ways to do it. And of course, if you take a look at those cultures, those systems of healthcare, the traditional ones uh, that have been around for thousands of years, they all speak of regular seasonal detoxification. Uh, other cultures, you know, you find particularly in Europe, uh, much more of a uh, a knowledgeable public in this arena too, Luke. Oh, a little story I have is we I, when I was in graduate school at MD Anderson Hospital in Houston, Texas, and I didn't know anything about nutrition. This was a cancer research hospital. We had a visiting professor from Finland over, and he was showing us what it's like in Finland. And uh, there was his family in this little hut in the middle of the snowy forest. Uh, with hot rocks and pouring water over it, it was the sauna. And then they'd run out there, roll around the snow, and come back in and get uh, hot and sweaty, and then run back out and roll around in the snow. And he said this was really uh, invigorating and detoxifying. And, and, you know, it went right over my head at that time. But you're right. The, the Europeans have these traditions. Other cultures have uh, fasts that they don't eat very much for a week or eat very specific food. So a lot of cultures have this built in. And in America, we, we don't have it built in. You're on your own. And that's the, the good news is that there's a lot of ways to do this yourself. And of course, there's been, um, you know, historically movements, you know, i.e., um, uh, John Kellogg's, or we, um, excuse me, William Kellogg's, you know, work in terms of, uh, you know, digestive cleansing was an important part of overall health. So take us through the basics. You know, do, what is our colon supposed to be doing, uh, or do we need to uh, assist it on a regular basis in terms of regular cleansing and detoxification in general, Luke? Well, there's, there's, like I said, there's all kinds of ways to do this, and I think the best way is to uh, do a little bit all the time or, or very frequently, periodically. I, I think this um, uh, kind of the, the laxative type of products is not really the best way. I mean, you get rid of stuff there at the moment, but you're, you're constantly assaulted with these toxins. The, some of your gut bacteria make them, no matter what you eat, no matter how healthy you eat. Plus, we're just constantly exposed to all these things in our environment. So if they're there all the time, you need to do something all the time. So I think these periodic fasts and periodic purging or laxative usage is just um, not, it's okay for that time, but it's not going to cut it long term. You're still at risk for getting problems from these unwanted compounds. So I like the approach where you're doing a little bit all the time or every week or every other week. So there's all kinds of ways to do that. But there are a few ingredients I think people should focus in on for colon health. Uh, the, the colon is, is a, a symbiotic organ that works with those gut bacteria that we've talked about before. Okay. And it all depends on which ones you have. The, the colon is actually turning over quite frequently. Every week you pretty much have a new lining in your colon. So any cell that divides all the time is always turned on. Its DNA is 
somewhat exposed, which means it's at greater risk for getting hit by these chemical carcinogens or radiation, uh, and that can cause cancer. So colon cancer, therefore, is a big issue. I think it's number three or four in terms of incidence and death, and it's obviously not something you want to go through. So the, the right gut bacteria helps. So I think we've already talked about the probiotics and the, the prebiotics as well. They, they shift the balance in your favor. They give you the gut bugs that actually eat up carcinogens or prevent the bugs that produce them from uh, predominating. So that, in essence, kind of cleans up the colon a lot. But there's a couple other things that are kind of forgotten about that have uh, a lot of good science behind them when you actually look into it, and they're kind of, oh, yeah, we know about that, and that's charcoal and our good old friend chlorophyll. These, These two natural ingredients are found in our diet all the time, so we kind of forget about them. And we, we see uh, many over-the-counter uh, remedies still make use of the fact that charcoal uh, can be an effective agent uh, in terms of uh, absorbing certain bad guys from our gut, Luke. Oh, in fact, it's found in just about every emergency room. If you uh, swallow any poison and get in quickly enough, they're going to give you a big amount of charcoal, maybe a quarter pound or so, uh, which will... Um, have some real visible outcomes, let's say. And, and another story that I had a, a personal experience with activated charcoal, I was in Europe giving a series of lectures to the holistic uh, medical doctors there on nutrition, of course. And uh, one, of, one of these uh, uh, groups took me out to this wonderful seafood restaurant. In, in um, It was in Antwerp, Belgium, of all places, and just uh, one of the most marvelous seafood spreads I've, I've ever seen and uh, most of it was raw and of course my wife was with me and said don't eat that, you are got to talk tomorrow, you're going to get sick so I ate everything including stuff that was still alive <laughs> and sure enough woke up in the morning and it was like uh oh what am I going to do now, I have to talk in an hour and I'm not moving out of the restroom here very well so uh, fortunately the, the um, people that were hosting me were naturopathic physicians and they said here take this charcoal and take this um, oil of nutmeg, which was supposed to slow down your gut, and take, of course, a probiotic. And, you know, I was fine, gave the talk the, the hour later, and was ready to go uh, just just perfectly after that. I was shocked. Really? Really? I was really shocked. I had a black tongue <laughs> from the charcoal. <laughs> but uh, other than that, uh, I was impressed with how fast it works. And they said, yes, this absorbs the enterotoxins from uh, the, the byproducts of the pathogenic bacteria. Do you know there's and 76, yeah, well, you do know, uh, Luke, there's 76 million instances of foodborne illness each and every year in this country. Oh, oh well, if you, if you eat enough charcoal, it'll, it'll grab the, the things you don't want preferentially, actually. But there's, a, there's, there's charcoal, then there's charcoal. It has to be, first of all, activated. And I think most of the charcoal that's sold for oral use is activated, so I don't think that's going to be hard to find. In other words, you can't just go out and chew in some charcoal briquettes and expect it to work. Okay. Uh, you also need to have it powdered into the right particle size. If it's just granulated or granular, rather, it's not going to have enough um, surface area to absorb all those uh, nasty toxins. So you want, again, the, the right size of particles in the powder, and that, that's the hard part to get. There's different grades and prices, and of course the, the, the better grades are a little more expensive, so uh, you have to go with, with somebody that's 
had a history of this stuff or knows what they're doing to get the right kind of charcoal. But boy, it can really bind all those aflatoxins from mold. There's there's dozens of papers on that, and uh, uh, of course that also is very helpful for colon and liver health. It can bind the enterotoxins produced by your unfriendly gut bacteria, but it pretty much binds all those really weird-looking compounds that are formed uh, from a, a, a bad diet. Right, so right. Uh, that's the fun part about it is that it really grabs all the bad stuff and it doesn't really grab the good stuff as, as readily so that it's um, something good to do now and then. You mentioned chlorophyll. Tell us more. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we're so familiar with chlorophyll because it's the green and green foods and fruits and vegetables right. uh, so that we kind of forget about it. But chlorophyll is a, a very, there's several types, but it's, in, in our food, it's fat-soluble, so it's not really absorbed well, which means it stays in the gut. And what's nice is that it not only can uh, bind toxic heavy metals, because it has a magnesium in this complicated ring structure. It's chelated, actually, if everybody knows what that means. And, and the magnesium is uh, easily displaced by the more toxic heavy metals, so it actually can uh, get rid of a lot of those small amounts of those toxic metals like mercury or cadmium, arsenic, lead, for example, uh, that, that in small amounts and, and add up and cause free radical problems and tear up cells, and some of them are actually carcinogenic also. But there's another benefit to chlorophyll. It's actually anti-inflammatory. It, it is a COX-2 inhibitor, actually, kind of the original uh, COX-2 inhibitor in nature. And it, it, it does it by toning down the whole... Uh, inflammatory cascade, not just crunching the enzymes. It actually fits on cell receptors and tells them to not be as panicked and not as inflamed. So it does a lot of good things. And obviously, uh, still, everybody, every scientist will agree that uh, the more fruits and vegetables people eat, the better off you are health-wise. You have less cancer, less heart disease, less, you know, less of all the problems. And chlorophyll is a component of that. And I think that's why some of these studies where they pull out one individual ingredient and give a big dose of that, and it doesn't work as well as it looked like it did when you saw the intakes, uh, that's why, because there's a lot of compounds doing a lot of things, and chlorophyll is a part of that, and chlorophyll is just not sexy enough for researchers anymore. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, speaking of uh, gut motility, uh, you, you mentioned it earlier, Luke, and, and uh, you know, with many of the over-the-counter laxative agents uh, being called into question in, uh, in, in recent uh, you know, years in terms of some of the ingredients that we thought were okay, uh, what about using uh, you know, alternative uh, uh, phytochemical uh, uh, herbal laxatives? Uh, that's, that's, there's, if you, if you make well, I think the people that uh, know what they're doing don't put out the ones that are uh, known to cause some problems, which is really electrolyte imbalance. It, they work too well, and if people keep taking them, they're going to deplete their potassium like any laxative would do. Uh, so those those are kind of off the market now. But uh, in general, aloe I think is the primary gut cleansing herb, if you will. But there's so many different kinds of aloe extracts. There's so much in the aloe plant that some of some of the components are very laxative and some are very anti-inflammatory and cleansing, kind of like the chlorophyll. So I think aloe is is the the primary 
I hate to say laxative, but it can do that, although I think where ALO really excels is in its non-laxative properties. So I'm not a big fan of, of the laxative approach because uh, if you're dehydrated to begin with and you're, you're not having a, a good intake of foods, you could deplete electrolytes a little bit, and that, that could be bad news. Uh, that's not good for uh, well-being as well as your heart function. So got to be careful with those. Which means if you see ALO, you have to, um, it's hard to tell if, if it just says it's ALO, if it has the laxative containing components which are in a certain part of the leaf, or if it's the gel which usually doesn't have the laxative components. But um, I, I'm not a big fan of laxatives unless you know you have, unless you're dealing with a healthcare professional that knows what to do with them. Be back with more of Dr. Luke Bucci joining us today, the Vice President of Nutrition for Schiff uh, uh, Research for Schiff Nutrition. We're talking about colon health and cleansing. Inviting you to join us at 800-307-3002 on Healthy Talk Radio. She scours six newspapers, every major medical journal, and dozens of websites every day. If it affects your health, you'll hear it from Deborah Ray. Dr. Luke Bucci joining us today, a well-known nutritional science-based researcher, educator, author, clinician. Uh, We're in the midst of a digestive support series today focusing on colon health and colon cleansing. We were talking about um, some of the old standards for colon health, including charcoal and chlorophyll, speaking a little bit more about uh, herbal uh, laxatives, including uh, aloe, and um, herbal antimicrobials, Luke. You spoke of uh, oil of nutmeg being a natural, um, um, I guess, not antispasmodic, more of a, a, an anti-motility, uh, regulating the motility of the gut. What about um, you know helping to uh, perhaps balance good to bad bacteria beyond probiotics? In other words, we have to get rid of some of some bad guys to to get that ideal balance. Oh yeah, well there are some plants that are better at it than others. I mean, every plant it obviously has uh, things in it that prevent germs from growing all over it. Otherwise, they wouldn't be around, but uh, sometimes those things are toxic to us, too, so we can't eat them. But if you look at most of the spices and most of the herbal spices, that's where you start finding compounds that are good for you and not good for the unfriendly gut bacteria. Uh, One of my favorites is oregano. I did a lot of work on that uh, in the past, and in fact, the European group are the ones who introduced me to that that literature and science. Uh, similar herbs like thyme and rosemary have have uh, similar compounds. They are very good at uh, getting rid of yeast, in particular, uh, the nastier germs, and uh, also being good antioxidants and anti-inflammatory. Uh, cinnamon is another one. Uh, the components of curry actually are also. Uh, somewhat antimicrobial. So that's that's why America was discovered, was to find these spices that would preserve <laughs> things, which means preserve them from microbes. It's interesting because there's you know, a huge, um, you know, very financially, um, uh, I guess, rewarding in terms of the, the amount of dollars preservative market out there with a lot more interest in just these compounds, Luke. Oh, rosemary extracts are... are Make, uh, making good inroads as a food preservative. And, of course, it's all natural, which is great. And uh, they managed to make it not smell so much like rosemary, which I kind of like the smell, actually. But it is 
we are getting better ways to protect our food supply naturally, and if you include these spices or look for these kinds of supplements, then then you're also adding things that will help rebalance your gut flora and, and prevent food poisoning to an extent, too. So they add to what probiotics and prebiotics can do. Interesting. Interesting. We always need more time. It's always a privilege and pleasure. Luke, thanks so much. Oh, you're very welcome. Dr. Luke Bucci joining us today, our guide to science-based nutrient supplementation in the midst of a digestive support series today, colon health and cleansing. If you missed anything, you can listen online, healthytalkradio.com. There's also additional information at shiftvitamins.com. I'm Deborah Ray reminding you to live long, stay healthy.